Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you, uh, even if it's virtually. And um, it's August 30th, Sunday morning, and we're thankful to be in the house of God this morning. And, and uh, hopefully um, the house of God is extended to your homes uh, this morning or wherever you might uh, be receiving this message from. Uh, and we pray that God's spirit would be with you uh, our hope and our desire is that uh, you might be filled today. Uh, we're going to hear from Brother A.J. Dyer this morning, so have a prayer in your heart for him, that the words that would come forth would be from God. Um, you know, just as we kick off, we certainly uh, want to extend our love to everyone. Uh, we know that we have uh, you know, been meeting virtually now for, for quite some time, and we just want to remind everybody that, that, that we love you. Um, we do miss seeing you, and as we uh, continue to make preparations for our return back uh, to live services over the, the coming weeks, uh, we just ask for your prayers uh, that God would continue to inspire us and that we might uh, make those preparations uh, that we can all meet again. Uh, and I just thought of a scripture this morning as, as I was thinking about our love for you and, and missing you and seeing you. and. First um, John 4, 7th verse, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not God, knoweth not God, for God is love. Uh, and then it goes on, and it says, In this was manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. And so that's our desire today, is that we might live through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And um, <clears throat> just uh, in kicking off this morning, uh, there's a, a verse of, or a chorus of a, a Mercy Me song that, um, that is just so beautiful. And, and for, for those of you that had a storm last night, um, I, I know in our neighborhood it went, it, it, it it rained more, I think, in a 30-minute period than we've had the entire year. Um, I had to run out and pick up Wyatt, and um, I was concerned that I wasn't in my truck. That's how deep the sum of the water was as I was driving. But, uh, you know, uh, I go back to this, this song, and uh, it, it goes like this. Word of God, speak, would you pour down like crane? Washing my eyes to see your majesty, to be still and know that you're in this place. Please let me stay and rest in your holiness. Word of God, speak. And so we pray that God's word would speak in and through our brother today that we might find that rest and, and that his spirit and his love might pour and shower down upon us, uh, even that we might seem like we're over-flooded, uh, being flooded over, I guess I should say. And, um, you know, God's spirit is so great and uh, his power is so great. And so we recognize that this morning and we invite that into your homes uh, as you would hear the, the message today. We, we, we just want to pray to the Lord that he, would, uh, that he would rain down upon us. So let's look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you this day. We're certainly thankful uh, for your great love. Lord, we thank you for Jesus Christ, our Savior, 
who paid our debt, Father, who, um, even as that scripture says, uh, paid our ransom, Lord, a, a cost that we could not pay. And so we come before you this morning, Lord, seeking, yet, Father, we know that uh, as we have found you in our lives, we thank you and praise you for your great love towards us. We ask that you would uh, be with Brother AJ, that the words might f- flow from him today, but that they might be from your throne and that they, they might be uh, come forth through him as a messenger of God and they might speak to our hearts, Lord, that we might uh, find that rest even as that chorus says uh, to our souls and that we might hear your word preached today. So certainly there are many needs, Father, even many that we've learned of this week in our own congregation. And, and Lord, even to try and list them would be just too great. And yet, Father, you know each and every one. We um, know that some have had visit, hospital visits this week. Some are in the hospital even at this very moment. And we pray that you would strengthen them, that you would lift them up, and that you would fill them today. And those that are gathered in their homes, Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit might fill that place today. That place that um, the word of God will be preached. May it, uh, Father, reign in those places. And may it reign here as well, Lord. We just love you. We thank you. We praise you. And we pray that you would be with us today as our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everyone. It's wonderful to be here. Um, I thank God for the opportunity um, to preach today, and I thank God um, to be one of his children today. And what was beautiful this week, um, for those of us in Mesa, we sent out a last-minute request that there was a revival in South Carolina. So my family and I, we've been in South Carolina all week, and you know, Every day we had the sermons going on in the background. It was a little early for us, so we're trying to get dinner ready because the kids had activities at night. So we were hearing our brothers and sisters from California and Pennsylvania, and we were doing a revival. And what was kind of comical is, you know, Brother Harold uh, from South Carolina called me and he said, Brother AJ, we want you to preach. What night do you want to come? And it wasn't, would you like to participate? Are you free this week? It was, you're coming. Which night are you going to help us out on? And his energy and his excitement and his personality is so big and so infectious. You can't say no to Brother Harold. But I was so blessed this week, and I made it a matter of prayer for the topic and a scripture and what was so beautiful is the scripture that the Lord gave me he also gave one of our other brothers that night uh, as they opened the meeting and I want to take today to dive into that subject just a little bit more and the subject today is an invitation to mentor and first I guess I want to define it for you and what exactly is it does that mean And a mentor, in general, is someone who guides another to greater success. And I thought this was a great example, because sometimes we say, well, teachers are mentors, so you have this older individual teaching a younger individual. But this can happen on any scale, where if you're younger, sometimes you mentor someone older, if it's a new task or a new venture that you're going into. 
But really my focus today, um, I want us to understand why mentors are needed now more than ever. And I came across this this past week and some numbers that shocked me. Not so much that I was surprised in the fact that these numbers are true or they give us insight as to what's going on. But it shocked me in the fact that I thought to myself, what can I do that I could be helping our brothers and sisters? So I want to show those to you today. And this is specifically to the age group between 18 and 35. And this comes from the largest research, Christian research group across the country. And they've pulled churches throughout the country and they started to get this information. And it's shocking to me that two out of three of our young people feel they are not deeply cared for. Two out of three of every one of our young people think that no one believes in them. 40% have anxiety about their decisions. 40% have uncertainty about the future. 40% suffer for fear of failure. And 60% feel isolated. And these numbers were pulled before COVID, before we went into sheltering. It scares me what that 60% might look like today. There's study after study that says even though this young group of people, 18 to 35, are the most digitally connected group, they feel the most isolated today. So we have all the technology. Just like I said, we are in Spartanburg this week. Many of you are in you know, Florida earlier in the week and joining services everywhere. But at the same time, some of us feel isolated nonetheless. What's interesting is they dug in a little further to these numbers, and if you belong to a church, it was slightly better. Not significantly better, but slightly better. And the thought process behind it was because oftentimes within a church, you have a structure in which mentors can be identified, and people can lead the young people and guide them to Jesus Christ so that those feelings of anxiety start to slip away. Not cured, because we all struggle with these things. Many of us are struggling as we separate the last you know, six months of our lives, struggling with isolation and struggling with anxiety and feeling overwhelmed at times. Those are very real to all of us. But if we find ourselves plugged into the body of Christ, we find hope and we, have, we find joy in Jesus Christ and through our brothers and sisters. So I want to reiterate today that our young people feel isolated, they feel alone, and they feel unsupported. And I feel that burden today because they feel that way because we haven't told them. That I haven't told them. That I haven't done enough to share the good news of Jesus Christ with our young people. And I want that to burn within your soul today. 
that you might have a desire to share the gospel with someone, to teach them, to share the blessings of God that you have experienced and witnessed in your life, that that might burn deep within you, that you would have a desire that you would bring to mind different people throughout the week, that you might reach out to them. And I want to talk about some examples in the scripture on where this happens and how is it, was it successful. Because to me, I can tell you till I'm blue in the face to be a better mentor. I can tell myself that, well, I need to reach out and I need to do this. But what does that look like? What does that entail? What should I do when I do that? When I pick up the phone or I go to send a text message, how do I communicate that I love our young people? How do I communicate to someone new to our branch that we love them and we want to mentor them? Because it's easy for us to say it. It's the action that then becomes difficult. So a beautiful classic example. We're going to turn to Acts, the 16th chapter, verses 1 through 5. And we'll get it up on the big screen for us. And the example I want to talk about today is Paul and Timothy. And this is the first interaction we get of the two in Acts, the 16th chapter. And it says, Then he came to Derbe and to Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, Timothy for short, a son of a certain woman which was a Jewess and believed, but his father was a Greek, which was well reported by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Him would Paul have to go forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew all that his father was a Greek. We'll come back to that point in a minute. And so were the churches established in, in the faith and increased in number daily. So here it was, Paul identified Timothy. It talks about in the scripture there that Timothy was well thought of by the brothers and sisters there. So Paul saw something in this young man, and he took him under his wing. Part of a mentor is, oftentimes we have insight to the world around us. If you came to work with me, there are certain things that I know within my profession that I can give you little tidbits of help. And that's what Paul did at this point. It's kind of interesting because you read in Paul's writings as, well, it doesn't matter if you're circumcised or not. The gospel's for everyone. But you know, here he circumcised Timothy. And if you look into the Jewish culture, what do we do? The Jewish culture says that the son, they take their religion from their mother. So if Timothy was not circumcised, he would not be allowed into the synagogues and into the temple in order to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Paul, as a mentor, said, I'm going to take you, young Timothy, who's already well-regarded, and we're going to make sure that you have access to everything. So Paul was setting him up for success, you know, even early on um, when he first met him. You know, the scriptures talk about that they ministered then together for years. It's hard to determine exactly how long that the two were together, but they spent many times together. And as Acts pointed out, they established churches, they helped the faith grow in different areas. 
And even, this is so beautiful, if you read 1 Timothy, when there were issues within the church, and there was false doctrines, and there were guys preaching contrary to what Paul had taught, he sent Timothy. He trusted him, and he empowered him to go fix those problems. So how was Paul an effective mentor? And then what can we sort of garner from what he did to apply it to our lives today? And with that, we'll skip over to 2 Timothy, the first chapter, and we'll start in the second verse. And we'll read it through, and then we'll talk about some of these points. And it says here, To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I might be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And if you ignore you know, their relationship that they've had for these many years. And to point out, you know, 2 Timothy is Paul's last letter that we have. And as you get on towards the end of that, that book, it talks about, you know, I have fought the good fight. You know, the Paul, Paul knew that the end of his life was coming. And he uses this time to reflect back to Timothy. And oftentimes we focus in on verse 6 and verse 7, and we talk about stirring up the gift of God within us. But if you dive in, and it's beautiful, but if you dive in a little further, you see Paul giving his last sort of hurrah to his protege, to someone he loved and cared for. And within those few verses, if we want to be effective mentors, effective leaders, effective brothers and sisters within the body of Christ. We need to do a few things towards each other. Verse 2. My dearly beloved son, we have to express love to each other. If we want to mentor someone, we need to tell them that we love them. We actually have to utter the words so that they understand that we do love them. Yes, there are certain actions, but the words become very important. That if we want to mentor our young people, if we want to mentor new converts to Christ, we need to tell them that we love them. Just as the verse Brother Austin pointed out this morning, that by showing us love through Jesus Christ. When it comes down from heaven, we are able to show it to other people. When we understand that love within us, we can then show it to other people. And that's step one. 
Step number two, the Apostle Paul points out how he prayed day and night for Timothy. And think about this verse. And I think this one's the one that we get hung up on. And we often say, well, I'll pray for that brother and sister. I'll pray for our young people. But we kind of leave it at that. And Paul goes on and gives us these verses of everything that he's doing. That prayer is a very important aspect. But we can't end there. There needs to be an additional action or two or three if we want to be effective in this. As new converts come into Christ, we need to pray for them. But in addition to that, before that, we have to tell them that we love them so that they would understand that the church, the body of Jesus Christ, loves them. That God, it reminds them of their love that Christ has for them too. What I love in verse 5 is he praises their abilities. And Paul praises Timothy for his unfeigned faith. And he relates it to his family members. But what's so important is he reminds Timothy how proud he is of the job he's doing. You know, as in business, it's really easy to catch people doing things wrong or incorrectly. And you catch them and you say, ah, that's not how we do that part of your job. Ah, you didn't clean that right. Or all of these things are stocked incorrectly. But so often we forget that effective and successful businesses and mentors, they do something else, is they catch people being good. And say, ah, did you see that? How you let go of that customer, how you said goodbye, how you checked them out. That was perfect. That's how you should do it every time. I loved what you did. And it's energizing and it's infectious. And you get this swell within your soul when you're that person that says, how awesome is that? Look what I did. And that's what Paul's pointing out to Timothy. And he tells him, look at the faith that you've had, that you've encountered People who tried to pull the church apart and you fought for what was right. You spread the gospel and you preach and I'm so proud of you. And he goes on to then empower him. Because the Apostle Paul knew that he was at the end of his life. But he knew the importance that in order for the gospel to go forward, he needed many Timothys. He needed to impart his knowledge onto many people that would spread the gospel like wildfire. You see, he had that vision. And he empowers him through the remembrance of the gift of God that's already been put inside of him. You know, Brother Pete preached this week in South Carolina that God's full spirit was already placed. It's not that we need more of it 
or to strengthen it. It's we need to submit to God that that full spirit that's already inside of you would start to swell and grow and be demonstrated to the people around you. And that's what Paul was pointing out in Timothy. He wanted him to put off any distractions that might pull him away. He wanted him to get rid of any preconceived notions about people, that he might love them with the love of Christ. And he reminds us, for God has not given us the spirit of fear. And going back to those bullet points, he has not given us a spirit of anxiety or of loneliness or of failure or of isolation. That is not the spirit of God today. The spirit of God gives us power. The spirit of God today gives us love. The spirit of God today gives us a sound mind. That's what the gospel is all about. And it was Paul's duty, that's what he felt so convicted to, that he would give that to Timothy. And this is just a glimpse of what he did. Imagine this same spirit that Paul had for Timothy for years of interactions and growth and mentoring. This is just one letter. And our challenge today is to take these things and that we might then take it to other people. That we might show love. That we might tell people we love them. That we might pray for them. That we go the next further. That we might praise them for what they're already doing. And then on top of that, empower them to do even greater things. Especially our young people today. I look at their talents and their abilities and their desire is as strong as anyone in this room and within this church. But sometimes we kind of hold the reins back and we say, well, we'll do it together or why don't we let Brother A.G. do it because he's starting to get gray hair and he's kind of old and he might get it right. But we don't empower our young people to take the reins and say, run with it. Be a blessing to our church. Be a blessing to the people around you. You see, we hold ourselves back because at times we don't know how to mentor like the Apostle Paul did. I look at my life and I say, well, why do I struggle with this? Where have I fallen short? And to be honest, when we look at these things, it takes energy to be an effective mentor to be an effective leader, to do these things that the Apostle Paul laid out. And sometimes we say, well, I have work and family and and kids, and we start to make excuses over and over and over again. And then at the end of the day, we just don't do it. So then why? Why even try? And more important than just the example of Paul and Timothy. I want us to understand today that this spirit of mentoring, this spirit of understanding the gift that we have been given, and then sharing that gift with others, is in the spirit of Jesus Christ today. 
because he was the ultimate example of these categories. Think about it. John 13, 23, sitting in the upper room, and it says, Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. You can see he had affection. He cared for those 12 men that dedicated their lives to them. And we heard Brother Brian preach about um, the miracle of the, the loaves and the fishes recently. And all those people saw that miracle and they followed Jesus the other side of the sea at that point. And they went looking for more food. That was the miracle that they saw. And when Christ convicted them and told them that he was the bread of life, that that's where their sustenance come from, what happened? He said many of his disciples, not the apostles, the disciples left. He said, this is too hard. We don't want to sacrifice. We don't want to give up for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they left. And that big group of people diminished significantly who were following him at that point. So these 12 men who spent time in those three years with Jesus Christ, you see at this different level where he cared for them, he had affection for them. John 15, 9, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. There are the words. There's something that I'm bad about. I'm good at showing love, and I'm good at doing actions. And you can call my wife after the service and ask her how well I am at telling love and saying love and doing those affirmative words. D minus. She might say F, but this morning I'm going for D minus. But ask her how I am at taking out trash and doing those other little things. You see, Christ not only showed love, but he said it. And that's how his disciples knew, his apostles who continued to follow him. They knew that he loved them. And it was food for their soul. It was affirmation to them that even though they were persecuted, even though they were outcast, they know in whom they believed because of that love. He prayed for them. He says, I pray for them, I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. In John 17, 9. You see, Christ, again, does just what we did. He prayed for those who were with him. He prays for you, who have dedicated your life to him. He cares about you. Every aspect of your life, it matters to him, whether it's big or whether it's small. Every decision that you make should be made thinking about him because he's thinking about you. He praises. This is a great one. So this is Matthew 16th chapter, 15th verse. And he says unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon, the outspoken one, who you've heard sermons about, answered, Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, 
Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. It's a brief digression. There's a comma in that verse. Thou art Peter, pointing, and upon this rock, not AJ, Christ, I build my church. And we sometimes get that confused for something else. But the gospel of Jesus Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, is built upon Jesus Christ. Period. End of story. You know, Christ wasn't saying, tear this temple down in three days. It wasn't something far away. It was tear this temple down in three days, and I will raise it up in three days. See? There's a difference there. But how beautiful it is where Simon Peter speaks up and Christ identifies him when he gets the answer right. When he does something beautiful, Christ acknowledges it. And he does that with you and I. He blesses us in ways that sometimes we can't even number. We see it sometimes looking back on our lives and saying, wow, you know, all that time I was struggling to find a job, but I was just waiting for the one that Jesus Christ had for me. Our hindsight's always 20-20 sometimes with his blessings. But what made Jesus Christ an effective mentor is he told his disciples about these things. And the next one is Jesus empowers. He empowers his apostles and he empowers us today. In John 14th chapter, the 12th verse, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Greater things will we see. Not because we're capable of it, but because we let Jesus Christ into our lives. That we let Jesus Christ change us and become new creatures. That we let Jesus Christ guide our every decision. That we let him guide where we go in life. You know, Jesus Christ never converted Israel. But they will be someday. His apostles never saw Zion, but we will someday. Because through his spirit, he has empowered us to do these things. He empowered his group of young men that followed him to do greater things, to cast out demons and do all these things under his spirit and through his power. And as effective mentors, we need to empower our young people, that we need to empower those who come into the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let them understand that they will do great and miraculous things if they let Jesus Christ into their lives. It's a difficult charge. 
And we struggle sometimes, like I said, with where do I find the time? Who do I reach out to? How do I do it? But I want us to remember the sacrifice that Christ, that our Father gave for us. That he sent his only begotten son for you and I. You see, God the Father was the ultimate giver. And as mentors, as guides, we have been given a gift that we are to give to other people. It should not just end here with AJ or with Austin. That we have been charged with giving that gift to other people. We have been witnesses to God's transforming power. We have seen his miracles in our lives. We have seen him bless other people around us. It is our job that we might impart that knowledge, that understanding onto other people. Sixty percent of our young people feel alone today. They feel isolated. They're anxious. They're uncertain. The world today needs mentors. under the church of Jesus Christ. The church needs workers that we might tell our young people, that might tell our our young converts what Jesus Christ could do for them in their lives. The Apostle Paul did it. I'm sure Timothy went on to model that same behavior to many saints after that because they modeled Jesus Christ. They had more of him in their heart And they thought less about themselves and more about others. And that is our goal today. That's my prayer today that in my life, there might be less of me and more of Jesus Christ. That I might be a shining light to other people. That I might be able to tell them that I love them. That I might be able to tell them how proud I am of them. That I might be able to tell them that I'm praying for them. But more importantly... I might be able to watch them do greater things. May God bless you today. Certainly uh, enjoyed the words of our brother today, and I I pray that you you, um, maybe felt a little uncomfortable because maybe you're sitting there thinking, well, what do I have to give? Um, how could I mentor somebody? Maybe, maybe uh, I'm not the most educated person or, you know. But I'm going to go back to that scripture that Brother AJ referenced and um, Brother Brian referenced last week. You know, in that story of that miracle, there was a young boy there. And he didn't have a lot to give to feed a multitude of people. But when Jesus took what the boy gave, he multiplied it. And, you know, 
he will do the same thing for you and for me. You know, when we give, um, there is a uh, song that says, little is much when the Lord is in it. And um, uh, the, the first verse of that says, in the harvest field now ripened, there's a work for all to do. Hark, the master's voice is calling to the harvest, calling you. And I feel that's what Brother AJ's message was for us today in the Lord's message given through Brother AJ today was a call for us that the harvest is great. And we have a song that says the laborers are few. So we need everyone on board. And you might think, well, I just have a very little to give. Give it. Find opportunities to be involved and let the Lord take your little offering and make it great. Let the Lord take what you can think might be so minuscule and feed multitudes with it. When we get so wrapped up in ourselves and what we think we have to give, you're right. You don't have a whole lot to give. <laughs> Because it's all about you and, and your own limitations. But when we allow that spirit and the love of God, you know, Brother AJ gave us those points. Jesus showed love. Jesus prayed. He praised. And he then empowered. And so it's kind of a process. And so as you start to give a little, and whether it's... Uh, you know, taking opportunity to find ways to mentor or just showing that good example. Parents, mentor your children. Spend time with them. Show them the ways of the Lord. You don't have to know every scripture and know the understanding of every ecclesiastical thing that is in there. Show them that you know that God loves you and that God sent his son to redeem your soul. Show them that. Let them dig into the scriptures and dig into the scriptures together and come to an understanding. Allow God's spirit to speak through them. You know what? Sometimes they're going to teach you messages that, you know, you never thought you could learn from a young child because they have a way of understanding and believing in such a way. And we all have that opportunity when we tap into it. So, I guess I'll just reaffirm what our brother said today. Take opportunity for little as much when God is in it. Um, take those opportunities that God presents you. Don't just sit on the sidelines waiting for a sign or waiting for this or for that. Get involved and then allow God to work through you. Uh, we certainly thank you for joining us. We want to praise God today for Jesus Christ, our Savior. We thank you for his church restored in these latter days, and we pray that uh, God's power and his might might be used, and that we might see lives changed, and that we might see some of those numbers that Brother A.J. shared that were fairly alarming, at least they were to me, and we might see those things change because, again, little is much when God is in it. So give opportunity for God to work through you. Um, we're going to uh, close in prayer. We just uh, continue to call out those that are in need. We're going to continue to send those out through our prayer requests and messages sent uh, throughout the weeks. And we just pray that you would go back to those messages, reread them, 
repray for them. Um, reach out to them. Find opportunity to be used of the Lord. And so we're going to close in prayer at this time. Let's look to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for delivering a message through our brother today. We pray that, um, that Father, you would empower us, each one of us, to find ways that we might mentor those that need a mentor, that we might reach out in the love of Christ and be driven, Lord, not by our own ambitions or, or just the desires of our heart, other than our desire to please you, Father. And so as this message has come forth today, we pray that you might help us to take those opportunities, that you mentor, to be used of you, to be an instrument within thy hands, as the scriptures teach us so often in the Book of Mormon, that we might have that desire to be an instrument within thy hands, that, uh, Heavenly Father, that we might see lives changed, that we might see your spirit move in people's lives. And that even in seeing those things, I'm sure that the Apostle Paul was excited and was so proud of Timothy in those moments that he saw him effectively taking those things that, that he had taught and that were taught to him through the love and the grace of Jesus Christ and seeing them just play out before his eyes Lord, we, we want to thank you for that. We want to praise you for the opportunities that you've provided in our lives. We thank you for the mentors that we've had in our own lives, Lord. I think about my own life and the many mentors that I have had. I was thinking about that as our brother was speaking this morning. And where I would be without those mentors in my life, I, 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 don't even, I can't even imagine. But Lord, you saw fit to use men and women to speak to me, to set an example for me, and I thank you for that. And I pray that we might, uh, Heavenly Father, reflect on that today, that we might remember those mentors that we've had in our lives. Some of them might have been great and had mighty things to say and mighty things to teach, and some of them might have just been small, but yet were effective nonetheless, and maybe even greater because those small things are great when you are in them. So, Father, dismiss us today. Be with the many needs that we have uh, in our congregation, throughout the world. Lord, the devastation that's happened even throughout uh, this last week with this hurricane. And, and Father, we know that uh, all these things can bombard us and, and just can overwhelm us. Yet, Father, we put our faith and our trust in you. And today we pray that you would lift us up. So be with us now, Lord, even throughout this week until we meet again is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you and have a wonderful week.